Hello, creative community. Welcome to your favorite artist's favorite podcast, Real Talk with Razak, where talk goes to get real. First, I want to thank everybody that's been writing, tweeting, hashtag Real Talk Razak. We really appreciate that. Keep that coming in. We are thoroughly enjoying every last one of these. Even the trolls are <laughs> seriously hilarious. Keep it coming. So you can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. Just use the hashtag Real Talk Razak. You know, send all your hate mail, which is questions, comments, concerns. And uh, now, just for the record, just to let everybody know, you can catch us on demand on Mixcloud. So just check Mixcloud. All you got to do is mix, go to Mixcloud.com backslash Real Talk Razak. You can catch all our past episodes on demand while you're jogging, while you're doing your thing in the car. You know, so I know you want to get that. I want you to get that. Boom. Go check that out. But I know what everybody's waiting for right now. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yes. You know who I'm with. The one. The only. Bogo Jones. Uh, How you doing, Bogo Jones? Oh, my goodness. I was like, I am doing A-OK. Hey, 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 everybody. Uh, I think everything's coming up millhouse around these parts today. So I am definitely really pumped, actually, to dig into today's topic. Um, with as many years, I guess, as I've been working with artists, this always seems to be the number one question. How should I price my work? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. That is honestly the most brought up topic with every group of young budding artists, seasoned vets. Uh, since I really, since I first got into working with large groups of artists uh, in this capacity, um, yeah, they're always asking, how should I price? What should I do? Uh, well, there's a couple of different things. And what it really boils down to is knowing your worth. And then be able to being able to receive that. Some people believe that their price should be something that everyone can afford. Some people believe their work is a luxury and should be at a premium price. I personally feel like there's enough for everybody to go around, do whatever you feel good for you. If you want to be high, be low, whatever the case is. If it resonates well with you, go for it. Just make sure uh, as you do that, you will climb up. If you enjoy it, you will eventually move up. Just don't close that door behind you. You know, that's one of my biggest things. We are a creative community. So that's just something I want to throw out there. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to price, you know, well in the creative market. No one wants to sell themselves short, right? But you also don't want to price gouge either. So it's all about finding that sweet spot. So let's dig into what you need to know pretty much as an artist in any, any genre, right? I think in general, right, all artists, you, you know, it takes time and materials. So those mm. are probably the top two yeah. things that any artist is going to need to take into consideration well the formula that i like to use for it is it's fairly simple i go time plus materials in the broad sense um and you times that by your experience and that'll equal your price so let me break it down a little bit so your time how long it takes for something to happen uh, from getting started to your finishing for your visual artists out there uh, sometimes finishing means allowing paint to dry so you have to think about that uh, so you take your time plus your materials. Your materials are everything from did you have to buy drumsticks? Did you have to buy paint? Did you have to buy a canvas? Traveling, room, all these different things. So you take your time plus the money materials, which are things that you had to spend money on. Uh, you, you multiply that by your experience. Now, if you're very inexperienced, your experience is a one. So you just take those two numbers and multiply that by one because you're not trying to do too much. You're just getting started. Humble beginnings. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, if you've been around the block 
for the longest and you're established, now you maybe you want to times it by 10, you know? So you take that times the material times 10, boom, there's your price. So, That's kind of easy. So if you're Jenny from the block, you definitely <laughs> you definitely want to be pricing that yeah. real high. Yeah, for sure. Because we know J-Lo. Yeah. She don't go low. No, no not at all. No, okay. Well, maybe. well Good. No, I think that that's definitely a really basic, right, account of of what to kind of take into consideration. I think other things as a small business owner, um, for those Real Talk listeners who are listening in, that's what we call our artists. You guys are are small business owners. You need to take into consideration uh, the bookkeeping that goes into everything, the marketing. You need to market yourself as uh, an artist, a small business, to put yourself out there. Uh, The sales aspect of it, you know, um, order fulfillment, you know, you have to ship those paintings off you gotta you know take Mm -hmm. those things in consideration so i think those those you know five things i think really any artist should be able to kind of take those and run with it and come up with a basic pricing structure and of course it it, to to each his own things are going to change per person and uh maybe i don't know some people may be doing it as a hobby or or maybe you are really really set on nothing but the finest luxurious so don't take it as a blanket statement. This is something that will take a little bit of finagling, you know, make it your own and then take it from there. Yeah, definitely. I think um, some some things to kind of drill and, and hone in on, uh, we're kind of going to break it down a little bit by, you know, by a few different categories. You know, first and foremost, I think visual artists are probably the number one, um, you know, category yeah. of artists, right? Yeah, that, that are questioning yeah, how to price their work. Yes, generally, because, uh, as you already know, um, hair, makeup, the industry, they kind of set that, that price is set well ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, they're usually never the ones asking. They know exactly how much they're doing hair for. Mm-hmm. Uh, where your visual art, art artists, they're thinking, they're, majority of, I won't say majority, a lot of artists are unsure if they're even good enough, and some of them maybe have super inflated egos, but that really doesn't matter because you still had to go to the same store. How much did you spend on materials? And don't try to get all your materials back from that and multiply that same number by all of them because that's just not fair. But the portion of materials that you needed to use, uh, shipping, handling, uh, everything from, and I, I just said it a moment ago, time, your paint has to dry. If it's something that you cannot move on until one thing is done, then that time is included. You know, time is money. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, if you are working with, let's say, clay, you know, the clay processing and readying, right? Uh, Glaze mixing and testing. Um, What if you have to fix equipment? Um, You know, those types of things that you might not necessarily take into consideration, uh, you definitely want to do. You know, there's there's all types of, for instance, if you're, um, you know, going to partner with a gallery, right? The Mm -hmm. gallery is going to mark it up, right? gallery is going to want to take uh, a percentage yeah. of your sales so you kind of need to take you that into consideration to. too right you don't yeah. want to again sell yourself short in that aspect I, I usually tell artists that when they're working with with any type of situation where commissions not being taken out of what they sell they usually tend to sell more because then they haven't adjusted those prices because if somebody's taking 15 percent then they might have raised their price 10 to 15 percent so you know this just it's a lot of little factors here and there uh from one artist to the next don't say well this is my formula and i'm taking that forever death to us part one event may not be different from another event from this gallery from that affair you know so it's just a couple of different things these are all things that will you will always constantly have to think up on um 
I know for, I've recently posted this on the Facebook page. Uh, we have a art pricing calculator. Of you can literally put in some of the some of the things, and it's it's a general guide. Uh, I hate if you you'll notice I'm saying this a lot. I don't want anybody to walk away from this saying, "Real talk with Razak told me I need to do this, <laughs> this, and that." No, Megan Bogo Jones told you to do that. <laughs> no. Blame it on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna blame it on. Her. Yeah, no, but, but but definitely take it with yeah, a grain of salt, right? For sure, this is, this for sure. is stuff that. You know, we've both been in the industry for... Yeah, know. and you got to understand, you, you, I know you've heard us say this before, you have to know your audience. Now, are you going to walk in? One of my most frequent things I see as an artist, they come in with eight, not even eight, they come in with three huge pieces, like seven feet tall. They're going for five grand, and then they're vend- vending at a park or something like that. I'm like, these are amazing pieces, but you have to understand you're at a place where even if somebody did have that money, are they even going to be able to walk away with that piece right now? Right. So you got to know where, where you're at, what you're doing. Have some, And I'll, I'll say bring one of those big pieces. Have it as your centerpiece so they know I can order that from you. Mm-hmm. But then have some of your smaller pieces so people can just grab them, go. And I've seen it all too many times. A person will 100% walk in there, drop two grand on something, and they want to keep shopping, but they're not going to keep dropping two grand, Mm -hmm. so then they're going to buy that $30 one on top of that, and then that $40 one, and then that $10 one as well. So sprinkling on a little bit of variety doesn't doesn't hurt anybody. Everyone wants to buy something. Not everyone can. We're not trying to learn everyone's... uh, background yeah we don't want bank statements right 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 yeah but again if you're not going to uh, you know a a free event at the park Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to be bringing in again only those really expensive pieces those probably aren't going to go over as well and and definitely i think that that goes to you know for instance like fashion designers uh when i used to work uh with a talent agency um you know and uh, models I'd, i kind of always dealt with fashion designers something that you know they had kind of asked me and things that they don't necessarily obviously materials that's probably the biggest um and with time but materials are probably the number one cost for for fashion designers right and then you kind of have to think about what the the production of the actual pieces um the collection development and what i mean by that is you know every designer should have around like 10 pieces that they are like collectively thinking okay um this is you know what i'm going to you know produce this is what i'm going to put out um then you know sketches right the fashion designers got a sketch give an idea of what that is um if you're if you're a baller and can afford some like cad drawings some like you know computer yeah some computer drawings um of of your actual um sketches then that's that's definitely great you know but again patterns samples Mm -hmm. all of these things that uh designers need to take into consideration and and with that it's not just a blanket cost for for the fabric no pun intended Mm -hmm. uh so some pieces are more quality when you have something thick and it had to be shipped from somewhere so that raised the price on you or maybe it didn't raise the price on you maybe this is just really really quality what you get from and i'm not a huge name brand person but what you get from michael kors is a much different quality than what you get from the flea market Mm. so obviously they're going to be a little bit of a price differential Mm. right there so just things like that and did you have to drive to eight different places to find the fabric that you need. Now, if all of that's your fault, don't try to 
put all that cost on the customer. <laughs> but if this is something like you're really going for this special piece, factor some of that in. Factor some of those models in. You had to find models. Those models needed photographs, so you had to get a photographer, all these type of things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that, and, and there's really great ways, of course, to like, you know, be able to uh, to sell one's work. Um, something a little bit interesting that I happened upon listening to the radio in the morning, I was listening to NPR, uh, the Marketplace Morning Report, was kind of talking about how, you know, as brands, you know, really struggle to kind of stay profitable in, in traditional stores, um, these new kind of like startups are actually starting to, starting to sprout up, mostly in New York and London right now. But um, I, I find it very interesting when we started talking about pricing your work, which was co-retailing. So essentially what co-retailing is, is the designers and the artists paying to be in that store. So that's something that when you're pricing out your work, you need to take that into mm -hmm. consideration, right? Um, so it's just a very interesting, um, you know, kind of way to be able to engage with your audience and sell your work. Um, you know, definitely understand that, you know, with like Barney's, right? You know, Barney's buyer comes in and says, sure, we're going to buy all your stuff and put it in our store. Well, that's great. You know, um, but you know, having to actually, um, pay and, and be in a store is something that's, that's kind of unheard of. Yeah. Well, well, I, and I, I think part of it is, is you have to look at it like advertisement because people would have been going to that store Rather your artwork, fashion line, uh, let's stick with fashion for right now. Rather your fashion was there or not, people were going to walk into that store. So it's only fair that you pay them as a portion because now you're getting business. You're getting people are looking at your work and consequently buying your work. So uh, I, we're, we live in a, in a culture where people all... Well, I won't say always. A lot of people want things for free, for discounts. Well, I don't need you for this because I have Etsy. True enough, you do have Etsy. I'm not crapping on it. I like it as well. But the amount of people that will just walk in and see something in a rack of a boutique that is well-known out here uh, in the fashion district or in Melrose, that will draw in a lot more attention. So it's only right that you fork out some dollars for them for that. That's that's a fair trade. Now, if you're not going to make any money from it, make sure you do it prepared enough, you have enough uh, of, of a preparation to really get it and knock it out of the park and you just don't go out there and waste your money. But it, it is a cost to that. That's a, that's a nominal thing. Yeah. And, and I think it also, you know, these, this new kind of co-retailing again, it just offers up another opportunity to, for the artist to kind of learn and, and know their audience and to be able to reach their audience. Right. Um, you know, they are, you know, focusing on, on getting seen by other eyes. Right. So again, those big, you know, big time buyers, um, you know, the, the young brands aren't attracting the, the attention of them. So they're having to go out on their own and, and seek that. Um, and this is, I think, a really great way. I mean, putting it back into their own hands, taking control um, of that. So again, just kind of in regards to pricing, I think it's definitely, you know, mm -hmm. spot on with that. Yeah. I would like to uh, kind of move a little bit and talk about photographers because they have a little bit of a unique situation where you have some of our very classic they're gonna go into the dark room with their film mm -hmm. and take that time and then you got the ones that 
are still a photographer nonetheless, not taking anything away from, from their craft. But they're, they're using this digital age right now. Right. So it's a little bit of a competition. Well, I hate to say competition. It's a little bit of a uh, nuance where you have to factor in this time that you would take in order to develop film versus uh, being able to just do something digitally, you know, get your Photoshop going, take a move. So just really, just say you spend about two hours processing images, something you need to think about. You need to upgrade your equipment, some things you need to think about. Permits for shooting, because a lot of photographers are going guerrilla style mm-hmm. out here. And that I'm hey, sure. yeah, that if you're is... going guerrilla style, go for it. Right. <laughs> I ain't bad at it. I've done it too. But if you're going to get those permits, these are things that you need to factor in, especially when you're working for a company, someone that's legit. They want you to get these permits. So go get them and add that to your invoice. Yeah, no, definitely. 100%. You know, you kind of mentioned, um, I definitely think it is, you know, a dying art going into the uh, the dark room and, and things like that. And, and I oftentimes think that photographers, you know, because they can replicate that photo so many times over, whereas mm-hmm. like a visual artist, most of the time, it's like a one and done kind of an original type situation. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little bit of difference there, but I think definitely um, the the equipment, the time that it takes to go out. I honestly think having been in kind of the film world, editing is yeah. really the huge, uh, you know, kind of time suck. Yeah. So, you know, definitely the editing that goes into any type of photos along with the programs that it takes to like facilitate those edits. Um, and that's not to mention that they had to take maybe 300 photos Ooh, and look over right. all 300 just <laughs> yeah. to find that one. Yeah. So, you know, these, this, is, this is a very time-consuming thing, and I'm, that's one of the things that I see out of our digital photographers uh, where they're, because it's the access is a little bit easier, they're taking more photos, mm-hmm. but then having to graze through those, which is still taking more time. Um, so it, it's from one thing to the next. If any of uh, photographers out there, by the way, want to put me on some um, good old-fashioned film, yeah, I, I, I volunteer. Millimeter. Yeah, I volunteer Ooh. to be the tribute on oh, that one. All yeah. right. You volunteer as tribute. Okay, that's excellent. Um, well, to round out our last bit of artists that we're going to kind of dive into, talking about accessories designers, I think that that is the kind of the next um, – you know, level of artists that has a lot to their kind of determining, right? Like, okay, again, yes, time, materials, whatever. Um, but, you know, travel, what it takes to most accessories designers are also doing a lot more like shows, craft fairs, booth spaces. Yeah. I feel vending is like really huge in the accessories community, right? Yeah, because agreed. you need to access the accessories. accessories. I see what you did there. Uh oh. Um, so yeah. So I think that that's something again you need to kind of take into consideration for pricing. For yeah. And w- well, I really like my accessory designers that I work with. One, they tend to have the highest amount of sales. But one thing I notice, and it could be a coincidence, they're the far most likely to uh, haggle with you if. They have a, something for thirty dollars, but all you got is ten dollars. Then they'll say, "Go find five more dollars," you know, something Sorry, like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's just, it's just. I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people are. They're trying to get off their product. Where our visual artists, they they just feel like they put so much time and emotion into it. Where accessories designers, they're the name of the game is to sell a lot. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's just. 
time, materials, same old thing, but they tend to go through theirs a little bit easier because of their vision of how they look at their product. Um, so that I, I really wish I could put that mentality into a lot of other artists out there. Um, a couple of things that I want to, I'm going to put a little disclaimer on this one first. Um, so I looked this up myself. When people are doing these, only because Bogo brought it up, <laughs> these trade shows, these trade shows are phenomenal from everything from underwear to artwork. I mean, they have trade shows in Vegas. They have yeah, them in everything. LA. They yeah. have them everywhere. These trade shows can also be written off a percentage of that. I'm I'm going to ask you that you go look up your tax codes. Don't say Rizak was your tax man. <laughs> you go look these up, but I'm telling you, I've seen it in there for myself. You you would have to pay the upfront cost. Yeah, it's not it's not a free thing. Right, you pay right. the upfront cost. When tax time rolls around, you get a percentage of that back. You do need to have a proper tax ID. I'll let you do that research, but please just remember, these type of things that is advertisement or a trade show then these are the type of things that have multiple people going out so say you're just trying to rock the block real quick you out here getting, and people are coming to you because they came to see i use underwear they they came to buy underwear for their stores all mm -hmm. around the places so they're going to this convention where they're at that that's the name of the game so don't solely try to rely on the on the little bit here and there you do want to access the public but you also want to access those as well no, that's a very good point. I think that that's a great savvy business tool. So, you know, as always, you want to make sure you know your audience. Uh, if you know you'll see clients that, you know, you d that don't have tons of money, right, then make sure you have work that's priced accordingly and, and vice versa. So um, definitely make sure you take that into consideration. But don't forget, you guys, if you have questions along the way, hashtag RealTalkRozek, definitely send those over to us. We want to know. Um, and of course, if you can always download on demand with at Mixcloud. We've got those new episodes weekly. Um, but we're going to head to a break here soon. But when we come back, we're going to dive back into some pricing strategy and what tools you'll need to start selling. All right, everybody, and welcome back to Real Talk with Razek, where talk goes to get real. Again, remember, hashtag those questions to us, comments, concerns, anything, hashtag Real Talk Razak. that's R-A-S-A-Q. Remember to find us on Twitter, Facebook, and go download us on demand on that mixed cloud. We are coming back from a break and talking about pricing your artwork and what you need to really to start selling. Well, before we get to that, so we had a question. I wanted to address this question. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yes. The question is, where are we and why do they hear a train in the background? <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. So just so everybody know, we are literally in downtown Los Angeles, yep. Washington and Hill. Mm -hmm. um, and you hear a train in the background because it's a train there's in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, what, that's the beauty of living in Los Angeles. Access um, to public transportation. Right? But you know, we're keeping it raw around here. That's why we're on radio. Um, yeah, doing our thing, keeping it real, you know. If you're on that train, maybe tell the guy to honk the horn. We'll give you a shout out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, okay, with that being said, we're going to go back, back into some pricing strategies. And one of the things that we talked about over the break is more of, a, a, of the emotional tie. Mm -hmm. When you have, like I, I'll just throw the hair and makeup. Hair and makeup, when they're doing their thing, they're not emotionally tied to the work in the same way because they know they're doing it for someone else. So they'll generally have that price set. I mean, of course, if they are also frying, kitchen, frying, uh, frying chicken in the kitchen 
and watching somebody's kids and they got to stop to walk the dog. You know, those are a little bit different things. But if you go into a shop, they'll definitely just kind of run it in and out. I know they have the new thing is uh, blow dry bars oh, and yeah, things like that. Bars, so it's a lot yeah, more set. But in and out. when yeah. you have your visual artists who've sat there and looked over this thing and just from uh, conception to creation to, to completion, they're a little bit more invested. So if you're finding yourself uh, not really liking the people that you're selling to, it's a good possibility you want to raise your price. Yeah. That's what that's boiled down. You're not appreciating giving it away for what it is. And, of course, we all want lower prices on everything. But if you're not liking your clientele and you're feeling that, that negative feeling, raise your price. I bet you'll feel better. I guarantee it. Definitely. And if you don't feel better about it, then maybe you need to find that audience that can, you know, that is to the caliber of what you're trying to spend. Not saying go knocking on door-to-door in Malibu, but but just find something that is the clientele that you're looking for, you know? Hashtag know your audience. Um, But yeah, nothing nothing really good, right, comes from basically getting defensive about your pricing. So, you know, if saying to a client, you know, hey, if you like what I do, this is what I charge. If you don't want to pay that, you know, you don't have to buy it, period. I think getting comfortable with saying that and standing firm, kind of standing up for yourself in a sense, right? You know, if you have a client that says like, oh, I really love these, you know, corgis that you paint. Um, How much for one on the wall? You know, they've been browsing through your, you know, portfolio for days and you were a recommendation and you're like, cool, it's going to be 500 bucks for me to put that on your wall. It's like, oh, well, somebody told me that, Joe down the street oh, could do it for two fifty. Yeah, oh. you know, and it's like cool if you want Joe to do Joe's, Joe's work, work, then <laughs> then you can pay two hundred fifty dollars. But if you want my work on your walls, this is this is what I charge. So yeah, and and it's often we'll get clients. Uh, well, I won't say we'll get clients. The creative community is what I'm referring to when I say we. You get a client that the money is absolutely perfect Mm -hmm. and it's still not worth it because there's such a pain in the butt Mm -hmm. i mean it happens yes we all we don't want it to happen but it happens you have some clients that are just they're commissioning this piece and you really wanted to do it but if you know you have pulled out more than your fair share of hair over it if you're not finding that dollar value in what you're doing and you're not loving your creation, maybe you may want to pull out. Now, if you're not in a situation to do it, don't let me tell you not to pay your bills. You know, I like throw my disclaimers out there. <laughs> if your sprint about to get cut off, don't, I don't want you to say I need to pay for it. Yeah. But if, if you're having a client that is just so, so hard to work with, maybe you just want to, uh, the, the most inexpensive to thing to do would just back up a little that, bit. Yeah. Just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, no, I mean definitely only want to work with customers and clients right who are who are a pleasure to work with nobody nobody wants that so um and to kind of also like piggyback off of you know what i was saying earlier was like an artist should state their price and then be quiet (laughs) Uh, it's amazing to me you know when i go to shows uh and when i ask an artist hey how much is this and they're like oh i don't know and i'm like wait you don't a you don't know how much your work is you're like well i'm charging i am selling it here for a hundred but you know maybe i'll let it go for 75 it's like okay so if you're willing to let it go for 75 then i'm betting the 60 dollars cash i have in my wallet (laughs) you'll take that 
Yeah. I mean, that's as, yeah. and, and that is of no, like to me as the customer, you know, I'm, I'm getting what I want. I, it's not that I don't necessarily see value in what they're doing, but they've already devalued their work yeah. by allowing yeah. uh, that to, to kind of happen. So again, state your price and shut up, leave space for your customer to respond before you, you know, before you do and or say anything else yeah. they they definitely might surprise you so if they're not comfortable with your price then definitely obviously negotiate from there there's always a jumping off point but you know some what if you said like oh no this is a thousand dollars oh okay yeah I'll, I'll pay it good negotiation skills yeah right there. <laughs> like you just be confident be don't, confident in don't what you're saying yourself yeah no definitely don't and and if uh, I'm, we're going to write this one for a little because if someone's willing to pay you more than what it's worth, you could take that money and run. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be no one saying be a con man, but also the very first thing we said at the top of the first part is knowing your worth and receiving it. A lot of people know their worth, but they're not receiving it. So if someone is, is willing to pay you truly what you feel that worth is or what they feel that worth is, if it exceeds yours, Take that money. And then at this point, I'll say the disclaimer for this is Razak did tell you to do that. <laughs> so I'll take 10%. Thank you. Thank you, Priceline <laughs> Negotiator. <laughs> yes, that is definitely it. But no, but seriously, you know, if you've been charging $500 for your work, but like one person's happy to pay you $1,000, I mean, you can kind of say that your worth is, your work is worth that much, right? At least to... At least the person that's yeah. wanting to pay you a thousand dollars. So, yeah, definitely. If if somebody, if one person is willing to pay that, then you know you can kind of lay the groundwork to yeah. build from that point. And I don't want anyone. And this is for all crafts. Don't go through the creative process, and then once the creation is what you would think done, step away because it's not done. Now you need to create that price, to create an atmosphere for it to get out there. You have to continue to create to get it out there. So uh, where it may feel like, all right, let's move to the next one. We all know an artist friend, no matter what it is, They have, even musicians, they have a thousand different instruments, no songs written, a bunch of half songs written, mm-hmm. or a bunch of non-finished pieces. You have to go through, finish it, and get it out there. There's a, a, a saying that I, uh, I've learned that there's a difference between finished and perfect. Mm. We all want our piece to be perfect, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You can always add. Mozart could have added more. He mm. could have added a little 808. I would have liked that. <laughs> then, <laughs> or, or you have uh, Picasso. He could have, you know, added something else. Yeah. But at some point, you have to realize this piece is finished and get it out there. Nothing's perfect, and in a sense, because of that, it is. So just remember that, getting out there, finish the work, create what you want to do, create that avenue for it, partner with people, and get it out there. No, 100%. And I, and I think kind of lastly, you know, just in regards to pricing, sometimes it's, it's oftentimes better to maybe price by the project or piece, you yeah. know, not necessarily write a blanketed, Agreed. Um, you know, blanketed thing across the board because everything is different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having that fluidity um, really can set the tone for, you know, yeah. for where you're yeah. to take your and craft. You, well, I'll take it to the extent of scaling because, like you said, these are entre- entrepreneurs. This is a business. And eventually you want to be able to scale your business up. And with scaling up, you have to have a starting place, which is usually 
making a piece individually, and then you move on to, all right, I'm making five pieces at a time. Now, how much did those five pieces go? Now I'm going to industrialize. Now you're thinking about larger. So you just got to continue to think there is something further down the pipeline. Everything isn't right now. Um, we have to live in the now. It's a beautiful place because it's the only place we'll ever be, but you have to think about the future. 100%. And I think that these are all kind of the building blocks to, to be able to do that. So if you guys have any questions, again, we've, we've said it a few times, but hashtag Real Talk Razek. We definitely want, uh, yeah. want to know. We want some feedback. How do you guys price your work? What, what, are you, what tips do you have for us that, you know, that we can know that we can put in our pocket? Uh, we definitely want to know. Yeah, and if you like what we said, let us know. If you don't like what we said, you can still let us know. You can still let yeah. us know. We love the trolls. Yeah, and just for the trolls out there, I will clap back on you. So don't <laughs> just just know, just be prepared for that. But um, yeah, let us know what you think. Remember, hashtag Reels Talk Razak. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, On Demand, Mixcloud, backslash Real Talk Razak. Awesome. Yeah, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks for listening.